Oh, wait, I wanted to ask you this. Do you want to get a tattoo in the spring? In the spring? In the spring in Pittsburgh, maybe? Pittsburgh? Yeah. That's quite the commitment. I'll think about it. Okay. I'll get back to you. Because I sent you I sent you the artist like forever ago. I remember because we were talking yeah. about it. I talk about this a lot. And I give you the same answer every time. What? Non-committal. <laughs> I'm just saying... I'm out of tattoo budget yeah. for 2019. Yeah. So I need to make myself feel better to plan for 2020. You know? So I'm... since you don't have money now, you'll think about how you'll make yourself not have money anymore in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good habit to have. Thanks. It's budgeting at its finest. Yeah, I budget. <laughs> I don't budget. But I'm on a, I'm on a strict like tattoo rate of two a year. That I plan to continue for many years. How long do you plan to live? <laughs> I don't think I plan on that. I do. You do? What year do you want to die? I'm going to die... Well, I plan to live to 102 at least <laughs> so that I can live through three different centuries. Oh, that's, that's my fair. Goal. Yeah. You you want to live in... I think that would just be a cool little tidbit. The first three of the 20s? No. 20th century, 21st century, 22nd. Oh, 20, yeah. I think I'm like the 2000s. No, we've done that. Good job to us. I hate, like, it's such a simple thing to understand that. What? That, like, the 20th century is the 1900s. Yeah. But, like, when I'm just thinking quickly, it trips me up. Yeah. And I hate it. I get, I get mixed up a lot. And, like, I do music stuff. So, every once in a while, I have to, like, remember, like, a date from music history I can't like people are like 20th century music and I'm like that's just modern music isn't it <laughs> no it's not you mean Katy Perry wasn't around <laughs> in fucking in 1905 the, did Katy Perry pull America out of the Great Depression <laughs> okay it's a spooky day it's Friday the 13th and a full moon like zoinks Andre. <laughs> oh my god it's the 50th that's... anniversary of Scooby-Doo that was the worst thing I've ever heard Wait, can you not do that ever again? Why? What was wrong with it? I hate like, it. Like, <laughs> row. All your impressions are the same. I hope you've realized this. Yeah. I They're have, all actually the same I have like one voice. of three voices. One of two, I'd argue. No. It's your voice and then your impression voice. No. There's another one in there. <laughs> What's the third? That I use for like... Um... It's kind of an impression, but like not one that I'm trying to do with a specific person. Mm. Then I have like a go-to voice for that. What is it? I'm not going <laughs> to subject myself to this. <laughs> you don't want the ridicule that will come? You don't want the ridicule that will come? Is that it? That's it. Oh my God. That's my voice. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what do you mean? What is it? It's a voice. I don't know. It's just something different. Okay. But our point is it's spooky. In three different ways today. It's Friday the 13th. We've gone over this. It's a full moon. It's not... Mm, is it technically the start of the full moon? I think so. I can check. I don't think it is. You're the astronomy major. Aren't you supposed yeah. to know these things? Well, in our observation lab, we're not allowed to do observing, like, plus or minus three days of the full moon. And that starts Thursday or Friday of next week. So it's definitely not, like, the official full moon yet. 
Full moon schedule for 2019. Okay. <coughs> New moon? No. Full moon is what we want. It's t- the, the actual technical full moon is tomorrow. But why ruin that with astronomy facts? Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> it's a full moon, Friday the 13th. Um, the leaves are on the ground. Some of them. A few. Crunched a few today. Felt great. And I felt like a new person. It's the 50th anniversary of Scooby-Doo, which you didn't actually say. You just zoinked. I said it. You just weren't listening. You were too... I got too distracted. <laughs> um, <laughs> like zoinks. <laughs> so it's triple triple spooky. It Maybe even quadruple spooky if you count the leaves crunching as the start of spooky, spooky season. I want to say that's That's more... It's more like... A reason for celebration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of these are reasons for celebration. That's what the spooky. Yeah. So, what? Do you find spooky hard to get through? No. Oh. Spooky season is the best of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we could, like, carve a pumpkin on the podcast, but I realized then, not the best sounds. (laughs) Yeah. And then just, like, the wet insides. (laughs) Just like that. That was actually a real pumpkin I just carved right here. Oh, yeah? So, triple spooky. We wanted to spend today... (laughs) We wanted to spend today talking about some spooky things in celebration of the beginning of the spookiest of seasons. So... Do you like scary movies? I... I like scary movies. It depends on the one. You know? Mm. Like, I... Generally, yes, I like horror movies. Um, I don't like certain ones. Because I, I don't like horror movies that depend exclusively on jump scares. Right. And I, I don't find ones that depend exclusively on, like, gore to be scary. I hate, I hate gore. Not that, like, um, grossed out by it. I just don't find it something that's, like, entertaining to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm really big into religious horror mm. and, like, occult things, exorcisms, like, demonic stuff. Yeah. Like, What's your favorite horror movie? I don't really have a favorite. But the one that, I guess, impacted me the most was Hereditary. I still haven't seen it. You, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah, ride. I don't know. That was probably the only one that, like, genuinely impacted me in real life. Because yeah. I remember driving home from that theater. It was, like, probably 12. It was after midnight. And I was driving home alone. And, like, the streets were empty. And, like, I felt like I was starting to see things. Yeah. Like that movie messed me up. Oh man. Would recommend. <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite horror movie. I th- feel like the ones that I generally I don't watch that many to be honest. But the ones I like are generally ones that kind of combine a bit of psychological thriller, a bit of love psychological thriller. Yeah, like like a lot of my favorite ones deem even closer on the side of um like almost more like crime movies do you know the difference between like a horror and thriller well because i'd say i'm more a fan of thrillers but i don't really know the difference i don't know if there's a clear distinction i don't think there needs to be like you if you watch a thriller you kind of know that it's a thriller like my brothers especially are super into horror movies and so i've seen a few through them but i usually don't seek out a horror movie on my own that being said, horror movies aside, spooky season is the best season, 10,000%. You know why? Why? Because it's football season. Oh. 
good for you. you do, do, do you? I guess you don't agree. I don't know how our listener base is in terms of sports. <laughs> sports. I don't know. It's not my my reason for for it being the best season. Yeah. I like the weather. I like the festivities. I like like generally like this space between mid September and the end of October are kind of like the beginning of for us since we're in school still like a new semester. So, like, everything's going so fast. You're not burnt out yet, so you're just, like, getting shit done all the time. Like, I've been so productive in the past three weeks. I don't know about you, but, like, I'm feeling it. I can't really say the same. No? No. I feel like I've gotten so much done. I'm running between, like, 30,000 different things, but, like, I feel good about it. It's like that starting fresh kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still motivated to do things Mm -hmm. because I'm not crushed with work yet because it's still early. And, like... My lab has been like a 24-7 commitment yeah? since the first day. And oh, that's wow. just burning me out nonstop. Already? Yeah, already. Oh, my God. It's rough. No, my lab hasn't really started up yet because my advisor's been in a conference for the past week. And so he, we don't have like our formal meeting schedule yet. So I haven't really been expected to do that much other than like read up on what I've already done. Like your physics lab or your research you're talking about? Research. Oh, see, I was talking about my actual Oh, your lab. actual class. Yeah. This is why you don't do astronomy, Matt. Don't do it. Because it's too much work? No. <laughs> no. I just don't like it. Because it takes skill. Oh, yeah. It, no, I think it's... I just don't like astronomy. That's my thing. That's my little thing. The one singular difference between you and me is that I don't like astronomy and you do. Then you can't like the full moon. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just... That's just... <laughs> them's the rules. You're not allowed to go stargazing if you aren't an astronomy major. No, if you if you explicitly say you don't like it, I'm revoking your right <laughs> to find pleasure in the full moon. I'm going to have to see your astronomer permit to know that you have uh, the rights to to banish me from moon liking. I'll get back to you. I'll fax that over. Okay, thanks. Give me a... Hmm. <laughs> what, the, the fax number? No, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. Cut that out. <laughs> oh, man. So, triple spooky day. Today, since it's so wonderfully spooky and we really are, like, celebrating the start of our favorite season, football or no, we wanted to talk about some superstitions. So, Matt, do you have any superstitions? I have kind of the same superstition in two vastly different, like, applications of it pray tell so whenever i'm i'll start with the kind of academic one first whenever i have to like take an exam i'll always like grab a brand new pencil out of the box and then for every exam after that for that same class i'll use the exact same pencil oh you like keep track of it for like if i'm doing a different classes exam i'll get a brand new pencil for that and then for the subsequent exams for that different class i'll use that same pencil throughout up through the final yeah just for the exams what do you and you don't use it for anything else if i need to i will like (laughs) i don't mind that emergency but at least for the exam it always has to be the same pencil weird i never knew that Mm -hmm. what's the other one um the other ones in sports um if my team wins one week i'll wear the exact same clothes for their next game 
Okay. And if I'm like wearing something and they're not doing so hot, I'll switch it up. So it's like a juju thing? Yeah. Like I'll take off the jersey or put it on or switch shirts, whatever. <laughs> Wait, so like what football is on what day? Like Sundays? Most of the games are on Sundays. Yeah. So like if your team's doing great one year, will I just see you in the same outfit every Sunday? It, well, just for the game, really. Oh, okay. Or at least like leading up to it and then throughout. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we were on a win streak and I had a quote-unquote lucky t-shirt yeah. that I'd have to wear every time. Do you think that happens a lot? Back to science, not sports. But do you think that happens a lot where people have like kind of lucky test rituals? Um, I would think so. Yeah. Because I know, I know a lot of people that have like a kind of quirky test-taking habit, but I feel like it's usually either out of luck, like blatantly, or it's like kind of like a mental thing like i know people who will like always chew gum during an exam because they're like they read that one thing that's like if you study chewing gum then chewing the gum will help your brain bring back those memories and i saw something like that where if you use blue ink it helps you recall memory quicker because it's not black because it's blue yeah because somehow blue affects that yeah so i feel like like people are kind of of two minds like either they do things out of like kind of habit and luck as a mindset or they do them out of like like kind of weird <laughs> like methods that they've they've read up on see my things are more out of habit yeah um and i don't know if that really counts as a superstition mm-hmm. like when i'm getting dressed and i'm about to leave i always put on the left shoe first but then i always tie the right shoe first <laughs> and that's just kind of i don't know if that's like a quirk or just a habit or a superstition but that's just what happens yeah do you believe in luck what do you mean by luck i don't know luck like in the colloquial definition of luck i can look up Mm. the miriam webster if you'd like i don't really know i don't think so no i believe most things are just either like a coincidence or just you know randomness yeah like i don't think you're lucky for winning the lottery no. I think you're just Though, a benefactor of like, I random feel like number generators. Luck, yeah, luck is kind of a weird thing. Because like, I was looking at this, the like dictionary definition of luck. I sound like a bad essay. The dictionary definition of luck is uh, success or failure apparently brought, brought, on, brought on by chance rather than through one's own actions. So in a case like the lottery, I feel like luck is actually correct. Yeah. Well, I think that's a bad definition. Yeah, I don't think that's a great... At least the way I think of luck. Because if you're achieving th- something through chance, like, yeah, oh, yeah. So a lot of Webster, things are luck. Merriam-Webster disagrees. Cause this, With its own definition? No, because the other one was just Google's like dictionary. Oh, right. This one says a force that brings on good fortune or adversity. That one I don't believe in. Yeah, because I think luck, um, at least colloquially is it involves that factor of like random chance Mm -hmm. but it's the fact that it works in the favor of you like most of the time yeah as if you could control it well not really that you could control it but that something in the universe something in whatever like the ether (laughs) yeah yeah it's like the same thing with karma like people will say like oh like this is good karma or bad karma and, like, not in the religious definition, but in, like, the colloquial one. And 
like in reality, I feel like it's just like like yes, if you put good into the world, you'll generally get good back. But that's because people will like receive your good actions and adjust their behavior for you. It's not karma. It's not like an external thing. Yeah, but that relies on other people. Yeah. Or you could think of it as that if you're generally doing good things, then you'll notice good things more. Yeah, and, like, luck in in the case of the lottery, like, almost I get, but luck in terms of, like, you passing a test or getting an award or something, I don't feel like is accurate. Yeah, like, the karma thing, like, if you, like, go out and buy a car or something or, like, get a new shirt, you'll start to notice how many more of those cars or shirts you'll see out in public. Yeah. Like, does that ever happen to you? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of how the karma thing works. Yeah, once you're looking for it, it's there. Right. Yeah, I think that's true of a lot of things. What about ghosts? I'm a big ghost guy. Do you believe in ghosts? I 100% believe in ghosts. Yeah? I can't explain them. Don't ask me to, (laughs) but I believe in them. Yeah? Have you ever seen one? I've never seen one. (laughs) You sound like there's a caveat. I've had some um, experiences that I cannot explain. Please tell me. Um, um, I'm going to plead the Fifth Amendment here. Oh, you don't have to share your ghost? Was it like actually no, spooky? No, no, Are no, you no, traumatized? No, no, no. Not like not, not in that sense. <laughs> oh, God. But one time me and my friend like snuck in somewhere. Mm. I just saw something. That was dust, spooky. A particle of dust? But um, yeah, we snuck in somewhere. It's like a abandoned spot. We were just kind of fucking around. Hmm. Being rambunctious kids spooking each other more so. Yeah. But um, I remember we were walking down this one hallway. And there was like a big wooden heavy door at the end and like a small window. Um, It was like a children's psych center. Mm-hmm. And we got to the door. And like most of the corridors kind of had the same layout. Like the same big giant heavy wooden door. So like that was no problem. But as we were walking down the hallway... Um, we heard like a bunch of heavy footsteps at the other end, like on the other side of the door. And like, this was in like the middle of the daytime, mm-hmm. um, part of the facility, like we were in the abandoned part of it, but mm-hmm. part of it was still active. Oh, okay. So like there, we knew there were like a bunch of people still going around the whole, um, what's it called? Campus. Mm-hmm. So like, it could have just been someone, you know, checking out like reports of some rambunctious teenagers (laughs) running around the lot so like we kind of ducked down a couple of us like ducked into our room Mm -hmm. um and then we heard something like jiggle the door handle from the other side so that like really spooked us and like we eventually after a couple minutes we kind of peeked through the window and there was like nothing there Hmm. and then later on we were in a very similar corridor because it's all the same coming up to like another big wooden heavy door and we heard like the stereotypical like sound of something being like shoved across the floor Mm -hmm. yeah so you for sure believe in ghosts i do and then i have a lot of stories from like friends yeah because my one friend used to grow up well not used to grow up he grew up (laughs) used to live in a house that's notoriously haunted. Oh, shit. And he told me countless ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, he has 
three sisters, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the exact number. Sorry, I apologize in advance <laughs> if he ever listens to this. But um, all of his sisters and his mother have, like, red hair. Mm-hmm. Very distinct, like, ginger hair. Um, and his, his mother works at a hospital. I don't know if she still does, but at the time she did. And so she'd always work, like, the real late shifts, mm-hmm. come home, like, real early in the morning when everyone was asleep. And one time her coworker drove her home. So they pull up, pull into the driveway, and her coworker notices someone up in the window. So she, like, looks up, and it's, like, um, I don't know if, like, the lights were on in the room or whatever, mm-hmm. but, like, you could see, like, an illuminated silhouette of a girl with black hair mm-hmm. just standing looking out the window. And she's like, oh, what is your daughter doing up? It's like, what, 2, 3 a.m.? Mm-hmm. And so his mom, like, looks up and is freaked out. Because she's like, oh, my God. Like, all my daughters have orange hair. Yeah. And, like, none of them had friends over that night, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was one of the stories. And then um, he told me so many things of, like, personal experiences that his dad had with had with whatever spirit was in their house. Crazy. Like, poltergeist-type things. Yeah. Like, objects being pushed and thrown around. Hmm. And he'd, like, actually communicate with the spirit and, like, yell at it to (laughs) slow its roll and calm down. Jesus. Yeah, like, I don't think I believe in ghosts. I'm, like, I know we have several friends that, like, for sure absolutely do. But do you think now that you're in, like, a kind of more academic, more scientific community day-to-day... Like, more or less people believe in stuff like that? I've met a few people that have absolutely gone down the hole of science Mm. and, like, rational explanations for things. And they've, like, come to start rejecting whether it's, like, just ghosts or just paranormal, like, superstitious or, Mm -hmm. like, religious things even in general. But I think it's been quite the opposite for me. Yeah? Like, early on to getting into science... I started picking up that mindset where I like only accept feasible explanations for things. But the more I've come to like learn about the natural world and like really start to appreciate it, the more um, I'm starting to appreciate the fact that there are things that we really don't understand and Mm -hmm. like can explain. And I hesitate to call it like a spiritual thing because mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure like what that even entails, but it's definitely a different vibe for me yeah. than like looking at the world through just a purely rational scientific lens. Yeah. I think I do something similar, but kind of in a different regard in that like as I've gone through kind of my education in science... I've noticed, like, I don't, like, vehemently reject, like, people's paranormal experiences. I don't, like, apply logic in that kind of way that I think a lot of people, like, think of when they think of, like, the, you know, the nerd, the nerdy scientists, like, being like, oh, well, using the transitive property, this must have happened. Like, no, like, I don't do that, but I have noticed... Like, I still don't really believe in, like, ghosts or luck or really karma or any kind of, like, force like that. 
but I am like way more a like strong supporter of the idea that like the world is so fucking complicated that like yes things will happen that we can't explain but that's just it like we can't explain it because we don't have all of the all of the circumstances surrounding it and we can't possibly understand like the very complicated context behind what happened so I don't even try and mm-hmm. so I feel like when people like have something happen that makes them immediately think ghost I feel like that's mostly because like through kind of our our media and our culture like that's what happens something freaky happens it's probably a ghost <laughs> but for me it's more like oh something weird happened I'll probably know, never know what it is if if you know what I mean I I leave it very open ended mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's normal or not but I like I feel like ghosts and like to a degree certain like kind of myths and beliefs and stuff like that usually coincide with things that we don't understand, but actually like always <laughs> coincide with things we don't understand. And like as we've gone on to progress as a society, there's been less and less of those beliefs. But some of them like ghosts, I feel like have definitely stuck around because of our like kind of our media, if that makes sense. Are you talking like in terms of movies and shows? Yeah, and such? movies and shows and telling I, I ghost sure stories. I sure am a sucker for ghost shows. Yeah, right. And so when something weird happens, what's the first thing you're gonna think of? Is fucking ghosts. I'm gonna call up Zach Bagans. First thing I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I feel like if you go back a couple hundred years, you'll find a lot, and or thousands of years, you'll find a lot more like myths and things that kind of explain natural events that we now understand like if you go back to like whatever like greek mythology you have like the kind of like isn't it what like oh hello isn't it like the persephone explanation for the seasons you know isn't that a thing where like persephone had to come up from hell for like six months and then go back down for six months and that's like spring and summer and then winter and fall i know nothing about that i'm trying to remember i do know that um not just Greek mythology, but like kind of a mix of like Greek, Norse, mm-hmm. Roman, all that, like all that mythology kind of served as the basis for like things like the calendar and like the days of the week. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that has coincided with like astronomy as a science, yeah. which I'm kind of proud of. Congrats. Yeah, I feel like as we progress as a society, we start replacing myths with science. And so today, like, we're pretty technologically advanced, I'd like to say. We don't really have many objects of comparison for, like, developed societies, but whatever. Um, and so we rely a lot less on, on myth to explain what's happening in the world around us. But in a way, I feel like that can often make things that we can't explain even harder to deal with. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm being ignored. Sorry, I was looking up something. <laughs> like, did you know that the reason that we have seven days of the week is because when this whole calendar was being created, there were seven prominent celestial objects known? I did not know that. I could give you the whole spiel if you want. I always thought it was because of the fucking Bible. But maybe that's because I grew up. It wasn't, it wasn't. No. I think that was probably that came added. before. Yeah. The Bible kind of came 
and jumped on this <laughs> bandwagon, I guess. Stole the thunder from astronomy? Yeah, because there's this really interesting set of passages from one of Carl Sagan's books that I love. <laughs> um, I could read it if you'd like. Oh, sure. Kind of about like Give the days a, of the week. A dramatic stuff. reading, Matt. <clears throat> so, hmm, where do I start? Um, seven came to be like a lucky number. In the book of Revelations in the New Testament, there were seven seals on the scroll, seven trumpets to be sounded, um, seven bowls to be filled. And St. Augustine, I guess, argued for the mystical importance of the word seven, or the number seven, rather, mm. on the grounds that three being the first whole number that's odd, four being the first that's even, combining together creates seven. Wait, but one is odd. That's a good point that he ignored. <laughs> okay. Um, so on and so forth. Yeah. And... The existence even of the four satellites of Jupiter that Galileo discovered, Mm. the four Galilean moons, um, a lot of people disbelieved the discovery on the grounds that it challenged the precedence of the number seven. Hmm. So as the acceptance of the Commerdican sister, I cannot speak today. What is it? As the acceptance of the Copernican system grew... Hmm. They added Earth to the list of planets, and the sun and the moon were moved. So there seemed to be only six planets then. Mm. You had Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. So since there was six now, and they were fixated on the seven, they knew that something was wrong, so there had to be something else. So this went on for a while, and they couldn't like figure out what was wrong with the universe. So they went looking why there for was a, a missing planet. planet. So while they were doing that, they thought, hey, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe six is good. <laughs> um, so someone made the argument that six was the first perfect number equal to the sum of its divisors. Mm-hmm. One plus two plus three. And if you take out the day of rest, you can make that argument that, oh, there were only six days of creation. Um, so people kind of found ways to accommodate the fact that there were only six planets instead of seven. Um, and as people kind of started to adjust to this Copernican system, um, this, it calls it self-indulgent mode of thinking, spilled over from planets to moons. So the Earth had one moon, Jupiter had the four Galilean moons, which made five. Mm-hmm. So clearly there was one missing because they needed to get to six, which was the new perfect number. <laughs> so when they discovered Titan around Saturn in 1655, um, Huygens, who was the one who discovered it, and many of his contemporaries thought that this was the last thing to discover because that made the sixth, which was perfect. <laughs> so in total, then they had six planets and six moons all in God's heaven made in six days of creation. Mm. I wrote a paper when I was in high school and I did like a bunch of research on like religion and science. And it's funny how like they've, they've crisscrossed over the years, like for a while they work together and then they get divided and they seem like the antithesis of one another. And then they're together again, like 
over and over throughout history. Um, but one thing that I always thought was interesting was one study I read. I'm not going to remember the numbers again. Never will I remember a number ever again. But, like, while, a, like, majority of scientists they, like, surveyed didn't really identify with any, like, specific religion, an overwhelming number of them, like, identified as, like, spiritual people, if that makes sense. So they're like, no, I don't, like, really agree with, like, all these kind of other established churches, but, like, I do believe there's, like, a higher power kind of thing. And I'm not going to say that falls into, like, this superstition thing, but it's, like, a similar concept. I don't know if this is true or not, but my gut feeling is that it would be prominent a lot in, like, fields like astronomy and cosmology yeah. because these kind of metaphysical questions are what the research is on. Yeah. Things like the Big Bang and um, the question of whether or not there is a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like, what came before the universe? Why is it here? These kind of questions that are in a physical framework. Yeah. But embody something so much deeper and so much outside of pure rational experiment and Mm. scientific method. Yeah, I feel like I see that so much more in astronomy than I do in physics. Like, kind of like the meme around astronomers is that they're always, like, like asking kind of useless philosophical questions in the eyes of, like, a particle physicist like myself. But when you think about it, we're both doing the same things. Like, what I do in accelerator physics is essentially trying to recreate the early universe, like, milliseconds, nanoseconds after the Big Bang. Mm Mm-hmm to try and more understand the components of matter whereas you're just doing the same thing on a larger scale do you believe in the graviton i don't know i don't know enough to speak on anything okay okay yeah (laughs) do you believe in supersymmetry do i believe in supersymmetry like naturally supersymmetry I also, I don't think I could speak on that. I haven't studied supersymmetry enough to weigh its merits as a model for the universe. Okay. Do you believe there are other universes? I haven't thought about it. I remember back junior year of high school. I don't remember if it was before or after. It was, no, it was definitely after. Because it was after I took my first physics class. Mm-hmm. And I went down this hole of like... <laughs> Because prior to that, um, I had been really into these, like, metaphysical, conceptual questions about, like, the universe. Mm-hmm. And now that I'd taken my first venture into, like, having formulas and, like, a mathematical, physical basis for these, mm-hmm. um, I, like, took all that and tried to, like, somehow apply this algebra-based regents-level <laughs> physics to <laughs> the origin of the universe. Great, good. So I remember I, like, kind of wrote this paper i hesitate to even call it a paper it's a few rambling paragraphs of my quote-unquote theory of the universe and i postulated this idea that like the big bang is just something coming out the other side of a black hole isn't that like 
a thing people think about anyway? It is. Yeah. That was your postulate? That was my postulate. <laughs> the, the Murphy postulate. And before I kind of came to think about Newton's shell theorem, um, for some reason, do you know about like dark energy? I know of it. I don't know about it. It's basically this mysterious thing that's driving the accelerating expansion of the universe. Mm -hmm. um, so I reckon that if a Big Bang is something that's coming out of a black hole, mm -hmm. well, not really coming out of, but like inside, I reckon that this mysterious dark energy, this like, it's not even a force, but I'll call it a force that's like pulling the universe like out. Mm-hmm is just the gravity of the surrounding black hole that we're in. Yeah. Which, like, isn't really physically what happens with gravity. Mm. But at my high school point, it was. Yeah. And then um, the question of, like, where matter comes from and, like, where everything comes from. Um, at, like, the very, 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 very beginning of everything... I have no idea, but I figured if there was this like multiverse of universes being created out of black holes in another universe, I figure that everything falling in, um, once it like goes into the black hole and becomes nothingness, whatever the heck happens in there, it kind of loses all properties of whatever universe it like came from. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets birthed into this new universe inside the black hole it just takes on new properties because like everything about it's just been tore apart by the infinite mysteriousness of a black hole and that becomes all the new matter in a new universe and that's where it comes from that's your your like 10th grade theory it was 11th grade oh 11th grade yeah do you think i think about this a lot like a lot of the kind of science that I do is, like, almost built on belief, if that makes any sense. Like, if you think about, like, particle physics as kind of a field dedicated to diving deeper and deeper into what matter is and how it works, like, a lot of times you have, you have theories, like, you have string theory, you have... The standard model, you have all these, like, like proposed particles, and, like, before we discovered the Higgs boson, we thought it might be there, but, like, the way you, the way you find that out is through building giant billions and billions of dollars worth of equipment that takes up a lot of space and a lot of people's time, and, like, you're almost writing on belief in a similar way to people write on their belief in, like, ghosts, in that, like, for something like a, a, like a proposed boson or something that would be, like, a carrier for a certain force or whatever, you're, you're reading the theories on it, and you're taking all this evidence that people have proposed, like, as a theory, and you're, you're acting on it, and you're creating a way to confirm it. Well, that's how black holes were discovered, too. Mm -hmm. They were a product of a theory before they were ever discovered in nature. Yeah, and it, it makes me, like, 
because when part of the way that I kind of almost write off ghost stories is that once you are thinking ghost, you look for a ghost, you know? Yeah. But then if you think about stuff in science, that's kind of what we do. But I would argue that the main difference is that we have a scientific method that makes sure it's not based on like confirmation bias. That's why you have to try to be a good scientist. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Like you're working on... Undergraduate physics labs. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I know what it should be. Yeah. Well, allow me to skew my data. <laughs> Are you admitting to that? No. <laughs> like hmm. when you're finding the the acceleration due to gravity in like yeah. first year of physics, and, and it comes 12. up to like yeah, like fourteen, and you're <laughs> like, I have one outlier data point. Like, just don't be there. I'm just trying to get an A. Yeah. <laughs> We're fine. We're good scientists. We are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I love most about research is you're kind of just diving off the deep end into the great unknown. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, yeah, you might have cases where you are looking for something that you expect to be there. Um, And sometimes you get out what you expect to be there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get something that you had no idea could ever be there yeah sometimes you get a ghost in your data yeah like that's something that i was actually talking to with my advisor about today because we were talking about my project that i'm working on for the next year and he's like you know this is like our theory for how things are going to work but it is entirely possible that you could do all this work and like only account for like 50 percent of the cases that we're interested in understanding or none of them, and it's something completely different. And so, like, I think that's the di- main difference, is that, like, science. your responsibility as a scientist is to leave it open for other things to be, like, the, the true, whatever, uh, justification for what you're seeing. Do you kind of have your own missing neutrino problem? <laughs> no, well, a little. Okay, do you actually want to know? Sure. Go on a tangent. Let's hear it. Okay, so I'm working on ion injection in particle-driven plasma wakefield accelerators, which is real fun to say. But basically, what we're doing is trying to create a very much more space-time and energy-efficient particle accelerator that uses plasmas and is capable of creating beams of very specific profiles, like very specific predetermined, like designer accelerator beams. And that's going great. It's going great. But the problem that we've encountered is that when we kind of program into our simulations of this system a profile that's just like flat up top uh, on as an energy profile, what we're seeing is only a flat distribution on the lower energies, but not the higher. On the higher end, they trail off. So you're missing neutrinos. So we're, we're not missing neutrinos. We're missing electrons, but yeah, we're, we're missing a lot of them. Are they changing flavors? They're not changing flavors or colors. They're, <laughs> uh, what we think is happening is they're escaping because they're too high energy. And so basically in, in this kind of ion injecting accelerator, you have a bubble. Like you have a particle that's going relativistically fast. 
um, and you have a plasma that is traveling through and it creates this kind of bubble full of positive ions with a barrier made of negative. It's like a vacuum bubble, kind of. And then uh, from your from your electron beam that's actually driving the whole thing, individual electrons are like compressed down and then ejected at different momenta. And so what we think is happening is that certain high-energy electrons that are getting ejected with so much momentum that they exceed the boundary condition on this bubble and are just escaping out, like like escape velocity on a planet, but mm-hmm. in a plasma electromagnetism kind of context. So what are you doing about that? Um, I'm trying to figure out if that's the case. And if not, what's going on? That's about it. But basically the whole concept is that if we can figure out why it's happening, we can find a way to correct for it. And then we can create these designer beams using a plasma accelerator. And plasma accelerators are significantly more space efficient, especially. Like you can, yeah, you know how long like the LHC is? Miles. Miles and miles of accelerator. I saw that they're planning to build a new one that's, how, how long, do you know how long the LHC is? LHC is like. Like circumference. Oh my God, in circumference? I don't even know. For some reason, the number 60 is pinging into my head. <laughs> 60 miles? 60, 60 miles, maybe. Or kilometers. I know, like, the the relativistic heavy ion collider at Brookhaven is, like, a couple kilometers across or something. I think it's, like, a mile across or something. Let me look it up. Oh, yes. The Google break. <laughs> LHC is... Uh, 16.6 miles around. 26.7 kilometers. So CERN is looking to build a new super collider that's between 90 to 100 kilometers long. Yeah, so imagine if you could do that, like, but a thousand times less space and energy. Like, it would really change the whole high energy physics, particle physics, accelerator physics field, which is very crazy to think about. You know what's really spooky? What? Virtual particles. (laughs) What are they? (laughs) Virtual. You know, like Hawking radiation? Mm. That's spooky. (laughs) I feel like a lot of physics is spooky. Like, do you ever just sit there and think about, like, the three polarizers and just get spooked? I have no idea what those are. You know, like quantum mechanics, when you have two polarizers at 90 degrees, they block out 100% of the light, right? Mm -hmm. But then if you put a third one in between them at a different angle, then it's not 0% intensity coming out. I remember the first time I watched like a YouTube video on the double slit experiment. Oh, yeah. It's spooky. Uh, (laughs) I was really shook up. The thing is, though, it's spooky when you don't know about it. But like we studied quantum mechanics now. I don't think that helped. You don't think it helped? I'm still with the, like, the double split. It's it's weird, but like I'm so used having, to it. Having like a formulation for it doesn't helps. change the fact that it intuitively <laughs> blows my mind. I feel like I'm not that like spooked by uncertainty as I as I was when I like didn't know any quantum mechanics. What do you think of a simulation theory? Do you think we're in a simulation? I don't think it's worth thinking about. 
Like not that, at all? I feel like that's my stance on a lot of these things. You're not a very existential person, I are know, you? I, I used to be when I was a kid, but I feel like I, like circumstance has just made me aggressively practical. <laughs> so just like I don't feel like it's a worthwhile pursuit to think about, like, honestly, to think about, like, the multiverse or <laughs> you're going to hate me or... um. What's the word I'm thinking of? Or, like, any of those, like, big philosophical questions and, like, are we in a simulation? All this stuff. I, I don't think it serves that much of a an individual practical purpose. Other than, like, <laughs> to a degree wasting my time. Audrey Farrell gives metaphysics 1 out of 10. Would not relate. <laughs> Would not recommend to a friend. I just, like... When I was when I was younger and I had a lot of time sitting around and I was super bored, like yeah, I, I had fun thinking about like the multiverse and all that. But now that like I have a life, you're just too busy for it. <laughs> I'm, it's like I'm too busy for it, and like I'm I'm too busy in the way that when I have free time, I don't want to spend it thinking about that. If that makes sense. I I can understand like, when it. I when I have. A square, like a, a cubic centimeter of free brain space. I like uh, that's not what I'm gonna fill it with. I'm gonna fill it with fucking Netflix or like <laughs> dessert. You're too down to earth. I think so. I don't know. I like. I don't know. I I just don't think it serves me a purpose or a purpose to those around me. At least right now, where I am in life. So I don't spend any brain cells on it. What about aliens? Aliens is a separate thing because it's, to me, it seems ridiculous that we're the only life on, on in the universe. Like, I don't think we're that special. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, pretty much positive there's life in the universe other than us. Like if, I feel they're two completely different things, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're kind of always lumped into the same category, like aliens and ghosts. They're not, though. They're, But they always come up together, like, yeah. oh, one, do you believe in ghosts? Two, do you believe in aliens? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're two very different things, but they're always the two questions you ask. Yeah, like, do I believe in the green man and the UFO? No. Do I believe in life in the universe other than humans or whatever, or other than on Earth? Absolutely. So you don't believe in UFOs? I believe in the fact that there could be an unidentified flying object. But you don't believe they're aliens. But I don't believe they're alien spaceships, no. Never? No. Hmm. I respect that. But you do? (laughs) I remain a cautious believer. In UFOs? Which I guess is skeptic. Yeah, that will be a skeptic. I don't want to be too cliche, but I want to believe. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Because as much as I recognize that, some people are very good at editing videos. There are a lot of things out there that just, like pique my interest and make me wonder uh what else i don't know what other spooky stuff is there aliens ghosts zombies are you particularly religious i feel like we could do a whole episode on science and religion because it's like beefy but so i grew up in a predominantly roman catholic community um, like literally everyone with the exception of one or two where I come from, at least that I knew were Roman Catholic. Um, 
So you were just kind of raised with this mindset and this belief system. Mm. And I guess the way I was introduced to it, like, yeah, we learned all the Bible stories and these like creation stories and yada, 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 yada. Mm. But it was always taught to me more through like metaphor Mm. and its application to like actually applying it to your real life and like your relationships with others as opposed to like this is the way that the universe was created yeah so Um, have you noticed like as you've kind of become more and more of a physicist has it has that changed at all as i've become more and more of an astronomer or an astrophysicist i feel like at least more so recently it's kind of had the effect on me that it's given me a better appreciation of the things I'm studying mm-hmm. in that, like going back to what we were talking about earlier, like there are a lot of things that we can explain mm-hmm. and we could have a whole other, I could say this for my philosophy corner, but like a lot of the times it brings about the question of like who we are as humans in this universe and like, the things that we're like accomplishing the things we're discovering Mm -hmm. like our whole place in that and like what we're achieving and how that relates to the whole scale of things but i feel like all these things that i'm learning and the new ways i'm like being able to explain the things that i observe Mm -hmm. things i know about and things that like i we don't understand like even as humans i've been able to kind of tie in I guess like a spiritual mindset about that. For our honors course last year, this was like the whole subject of my final essay and how I've kind of tied in my like Catholic background to my rational view of the world. Mm-hmm. And of I've, I've kind of come to have this like connection to the universe. I don't know how that sounds. I've kind of been able to work in like spirituality and religion into like a rational framework. Yeah. You're such an astronomer. <laughs> it's because like... I like I also I, I grew up religious in some regard, like when I was younger, especially so like church twice a week kind of until I was a little bit older. But then I was kind of like almost like phased out of it i guess like slowly over like my high school years like it was pushed on me less and less and i never really had that much of a personal connection to it and now i'm definitely like pretty pretty agnostic like i don't really i guess i am really down to earth now i'm like self-aware self-conscious self-conscious about it but like i don't really think it's worth thinking about as long as you do your best to be a good person like, who cares if there's an afterlife? I, like, care about this one? Does that make any sense? It makes sense. I get, I get where yeah, you're coming from. Yeah, so, like, from. I, I'm not a religious person to, in any regard, but I also grew up, like, reasonably religious. And I don't know. I don't know if it ever impacts my work as, as a scientist. I don't re- think it really ever comes up. Hmm. But as an astronomer, I can see how it would kind of impact your your work a little more. To a certain extent, it kind of drives what I do yeah, and kind of like motivates me because like I look at it, I look at myself Mm -hmm. as like something of this universe 
something that came out of it and who who knows what consciousness is i'm not even gonna delve (laughs) into that but i am like this being of the universe and i'm kind of just dropped into this emotionless indifferent cosmic playground Mm -hmm. and like and almost kind of beckons me like being a part of the cosmos trying to understand the things that i'm part of and like who i am as a living being on this planet in this solar system um in this galaxy <laughs> i feel like i feel like this is like classic like you're a big physicist and i'm a small physicist like you're thinking the big questions meanwhile i'm like plasma accelerator ion injection <laughs> i have like one task it's very specific and all i want to do is understand more about like the little stuff everywhere yeah 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 <laughs> it's like i'm very focused at the t- on the task at hand and don't really ever think about like the the bigger questions that come with it like in terms of particle physics obviously i think a lot about like you know, the standard model and like what do we not understand yet and like but where does it come from but i don't think about that at all why why i think about in that i think of like why do things behave this way in the universe and how can we explain it but not like why are we here like do you ever think about why things are why they are (laughs) why things are why they are like yes we have physical laws and we have ways of explaining what nature does and we say that oh these things do these things because that's what like the universe dictates Mm -hmm. but why i think i'm like if there's anything i really believe in like very firmly it's just chaos (laughs) and i like from a psychological or like anthropological perspective i feel like as human beings it's like kind of our thing to try and find ways of explaining it so like a lot of people i feel like mathematicians do this all the time they're like well math is like this otherworldly thing that we've come to come to know and i'm like no like did people did we invent math or did it already exist and we're discovering it now i'm like no we invented it i think we invented it but like it's it's kind of I'd argue it's human nature to find order in chaos. And, like, math and physics are a wonderful, like, example of that. The easiest way for me to get distracted in class is, like, when we're solving a problem and trying to figure out, like, really just when we're, like, working through the math of something. Mm. Like, whether or not we invented it or if it already existed. (laughs) Like, I'm thinking about how long it takes us to, like, calculate something to like go through the setup of a problem like doing whatever we have to do to reach the answer Mm -hmm. but like nature itself just kind of does these things yeah and whether or not we know the answer like whether or not we know all the perturbations to the hydrogen atom like whether or not we understand these things or we've unlocked all of them Mm -hmm. nature just kind of does them yeah and it's almost like it's like this infinitely fast calculator yeah. That knows all the answers. Our, and they're just there. Our quantum professor 
talks about this all the time. He'll be like, we don't know this, but nature knows. Nature knows the perturbation matrix. We don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a point he's constantly making is that this happens. Because I feel like that's easy to forget. Like when you're er- starting early in physics, it's easy to see physics happening because it's like, oh yeah, if I throw this, it will land there. And you, like you can calculate that pretty quickly as well. But then when you get to like advanced quantum mechanics and you're talking about the fine structure of the hydrogen atom, like it's easy to forget that it's a thing that happens in the world. I don't know if you have this problem because a lot of your stuff is a little more like... Have you forgotten the 21 centimeter emission line of hydrogen? <laughs> That's like the foundation of observation. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can see your work a little more in the... in like the universe whereas mine is all like actually like not visible we can see the effects of it but we can't see it which i think is funny as someone who like doesn't believe in ghosts because people will be like i didn't see anything but i knew it was there (laughs) i'm like same they have images of atoms now that's true those are really cool i will admit yeah i'm not big on the small things but i appreciate them (laughs) well I will say our uh, our spooky spooky episode turned a little more into philosophy corner. What's more spooky <laughs> than the infinite universe? The inner workings of your mind. Ooh. I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> I feel like I've delved enough. <laughs> I don't want to get sidetracked anymore. Oh, sidetracked for an hour? I could go on for days. Yeah, I know you could. I think when we were first planning this episode, one of the things we wanted to talk about is public fear of science. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That do was you remember one thing that? we agreed upon. Do you remember that one thing that we were like, oh, yeah, we should definitely talk about that. And then yeah. we've been talking for an hour and we haven't remembered. Um, I think I'm trying to think of an actual example of this. But I think in terms of spooky season, a lot of the things that people fear is the unknown obviously that's kind of like yeah that's a given you don't understand it you're probably gonna be a little scared of it it's why people are scared of spiders i'm afraid of spiders not because i don't understand them (laughs) i feel like why are you afraid of spiders i can't explain it no no um well the only like theory i have to attempt to explain it is that back when i was pretty young i don't remember the exact age i just remember i was like really young it was kind of in those years where you don't really have memory of them Mm -hmm. um so i don't remember if like my fear came out of this event or if it like existed prior but i remember i had a dream where i was kind of immobile Mm -hmm. and i was trapped under this like glass pane and on the other side of the pane there were like a bunch of spiders and like webs and stuff (laughs) And, like, um, it was just, like, this one-time dream, but it's, like, persisted in my memory ever since then. (laughs) And, like, it's one of the only memories that I have of, like, these very early days of childhood. Spiders was a bad example. Spiders was a bad example. Let me try and think of an actual one. I don't know. Religion? What? The basis of religion being an attempt to explain the unknown. Talking specifically about fear, though. Because it's spooky season, Matt. That's the whole concept. Is that it's triple spooky today. Bigfoot? Skinwalkers. <laughs> Do you believe in skinwalkers? No. 
I don't. <laughs> I find myself strangely fascinated with um, Native American myths. Yeah. In that culture. I find I find myths super fascinating. I just don't believe in them. I believe they're interesting. I really wish like Native American history and culture were taught more in schools. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a product of <laughs> American education. I don't know what it sucks. is. <laughs> um, well, we already have an episode planned about how much <laughs> it sucks, so <laughs> we'll leave that for another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like as scientists, like, do do you have you noticed like becoming more like or more or less like existentially unsettled now that you understand more about how the universe works? I think I've answered that question already. You have a little bit. I don't think I I do. I feel better the more I understand. Mhm. Which makes sense from like a historical standpoint. Mhm. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add for spooky season? Um What am I going to talk about? What am I going to say? <laughs> Give me a minute. Oh, a full minute? I'll time you. We never gave... <laughs> are you thinking while you're singing or are you thinking about um, singing? I'm just singing. Yeah, exactly. We never gave a plant update this episode. That's true. Your plant is looking pretty pretty, pretty well improved. Pretty perky. Yeah, nice and green. It's got like a new tint. Yeah, I think he's doing better. Also, I got two new plants. <laughs> but I feel like the fern is the real star of the show of this room. That's all I care about. Yeah. He's doing okay. I got mm-hmm. him a grow light. He'll be better. But not dead is my point. Even though it's the time of skeletons, my plant is still living. It's another thing that kind of trips me out. What? Plants. Plants as a concept. No, are spooky pl- plants as like a living being yeah i told did i say on this podcast about the fern who learns no oh my god so uh, my brother was talking to me about this but there was like a study where they took this like one of those types of like plants that closes up when it gets like st- stimulated or whatever you know it's like i think it was a fern um but it's like a fern that like closes whenever like something touches it or it gets like spooked basically and so they did an experiment where they dropped this fern from a certain height and like you drop a fern it's gonna close up because it's like what the fuck i'm flying you know and so they dropped this fern but then they did it over and over and over again from the same height same conditions everything and it learned that it was going to happen and stopped closing up over time Hmm. which is crazy to me i think plants are wonderful and crazy and awesome and i love them that's my story. I agree. <laughs> so on the topic of like a public fear of science, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is really a thing anymore, or like really how predominant it ever was. But like you ever hear the story of how Einstein was like really shattered by the fact that his like work contributed to the atomic bomb? Well, yeah. Like... There's these occurrences of, like, not the public being afraid of scientists, Mm. but scientists being afraid of the public. Yeah, it goes both ways. Because, like, we usually set out with some 
objective objective wow that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) we set out with this objective objective Mm -hmm. um to like learn more about the universe to like solve a problem and a lot of the times i feel like this is more so true for like um theoreticists theorists (laughs) theorists as opposed to like engineers or something Mm -hmm. because we generally don't deal with the public yeah we don't really think about um how else our work can be used yeah i think in physics that's especially common like a lot of physicists come to physics out of like pure curiosity about how the universe works without much consideration about how being an actively researching physicist will change a lot of things about society in the long run like physics as a field as a whole has contributed a lot to to obviously to like energy research and and nuclear power which is the big one that got them twisted into kind of nuclear weapons the whole war machine yeah and also like in terms of technology as well i love how one of like the first problems you're given when you're learning about like electromagnetism Mm -hmm. is rail guns yeah yeah i didn't get the rail gun question though i don't think really you've definitely solved it at least once yeah i know it always comes up i know i have but i can't really remember it anywho yeah it's it's easy to forget how your your work when you do something like physics that's so outside the kind of public discussion how it will shape kind of society as a whole especially in the future because you that's not your intention because a lot of times we look at like whatever we're doing Mm -hmm. through the lens of like someone who's just trying to understand like certain physical properties um using that to like explain other phenomena that we observe in nature and like we're kind of trapped into this mindset of that's how we like approach the problem that's how we formulate the problem Mm -hmm. but if this is presented to someone who like doesn't have the background in that subject area, yeah, like they're going to look at it from like a different perspective, a different point of view. And they're going to realize like aspects of it. Um, like that could have like a really bad effect on society. Yeah. That you'd never guess. Weaponizable. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we're learning, like when I was learning about stellar theory, um we learn about how like fusion power stars mm-hmm. and all this energy that comes out of like these smashing together of atoms in the core of a star and i'm like oh wow that's crazy i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't i don't forget that okay there we do you want to wrap it up? If you want. We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah. This is a little bit of a, a scatterbrained episode, but our our overall message here is that it's spooky season, everyone. Enjoy the fall. Enjoy the fall. Enjoy all your new classes. Enjoy not crying every night thinking about grad school. Unless you're us. Apply for all the fellowships you can. Yeah. Get your resumes built while you still can. Yeah. 
And we next week we will have a guest, probably. 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 We just got a new microphone. New equipment. Um, new interface on its Ooh. way. Yeah, we're we're getting real fancy with our technology here. So hopefully next week we'll have a guest and we'll spice things up a little bit. But for now, I hope you enjoyed the the philosophical ramblings of the day. And we'll see you next week.